never wanted a diamond. Mm. Um, age to their own, but for me, I I thought it wasn't really about having a big rock or anything like that, or having something to show off, or wearing yeah. my partner's wealth on my finger. Welcome to You and Me podcast and today on the podcast we are interviewing Nadia Fairfax. Nadia, welcome to the You and Me podcast and thank you so much for joining us. Hi guys, um, no worries, it's um, a lovely thing to be doing here in COVID lockdown. Um, thank you for filling my day. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> Nadia, for those, I don't actually know if any listener of ours would not know who you are, but just run us and tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh, I hate these questions. <laughs> what does one say? I, I like long walks on the beach and long lunches. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, I, I guess people like to call me an influencer, but I don't really think I've ever tried to influence anyone in my life. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, years ago, I worked for brands, um, fashion brands like Age and Ellery um, and Camilla. So I'd always worked in the branding marketing space. And then just at the time when sort of social media was having a bit of, was flourishing, um, I randomly, no idea how, gathered a little bit of a following. And so I just started making content, um, and then brand partners started coming on board. So I guess I'd call myself a small little publishing house. But um, I live in Sydney and I'm an Aries and <laughs> um, I'm really quite a bubbly girl and I like to have a lot of fun. Um, so I guess that's probably come across in my wedding. Well, obviously why we're here. Well, you were many years ago. I used to watch you on Fashion Bloggers. Oh, God, that, that was a long Doco time ago. Doco series. That's 2015, was it? Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe six six years ago. Does that? Oh my god, I love that. I love that show. I'm a shadow. You guys need to do another series. Do you know what I always say that because it was really about it wasn't really scripted drama. It was sort of girls hustling and showing you how we worked. And I think there's such a thing that people mm. would love that right now. You know? Yes. Yeah. Sort of a, we we still had fun, and you really got insights into what our lives are like. So I guess it's sort of like a boss a boss girl show slash yeah. a reality real housewife show <laughs> yeah, yeah it, we're all it getting is. a bit older now too so it would be like an old housewife yeah. show we need to do a catch-up of it and see where you all are now because I mean there was Kate Waterhouse and on it and Sarah Donis. yes yes it was so good yeah, I, loved, be, I lived it'd be through very it. relevant right now yeah, I think so too. Well, cough, cough. E, can you hear? Yes, come on, E. <laughs> oh, so you are based in Sydney and is that where you and Michael, your now husband, met or how did you guys meet? Yes, actually. Um, well, yes, we both live in Sydney. We're both Sydney siders originally. Um, Michael and I were lucky enough to meet at a dear friend's wedding. Um, you might even know her. Um, she had a glorious wedding not too long ago to Montana Pitt. So yes. um, I'm a very dear friend of, friend of Mon's and Michael went to school with her partner, Nick. 
and we had never even crossed paths before. They dated for five years. We have another two friends that date um, and we've never even, we'd never even said hello to each other, So, um, which was kind of peculiar. I had been living overseas in New York for a while, so I guess that's probably part of it. Um, but we sort of met at this wedding and we were basically inseparable. Nothing happened, like there wasn't hooking up or anything. We just spent the entire weekend in Kangaroo Valley together. You couldn't tear us apart. We laughed together, we danced together. We were basically following each other around at the recovery and stuff like that. So um, we were sort of besotted from... Um, from first from the first moment we met and um it was all sort of down, downhill from there no oh, it was all <laughs> um he Michael yeah we just sort of started dating then probably about six weeks later so there was a bit of time in between the guy doesn't have any social media so we didn't really have a way of connecting <laughs> oh wow so that's completely opposite exactly he doesn't have anything so um how refreshing yeah, if I ever have to show him something, I have to like lean over and show him things on Instagram or, you know, it's never like, did you see this? I have to show him. Um, but we had no way of connecting. So it took us a little while till we saw each other again, um, coincidentally, and then it sort of flourished from there. Yeah. And how did he propose? Oh, the proposal. <laughs> um, look, it was pretty simple, which I think I'd always mentioned. Um, we sort of knew it was on from the beginning. Like we knew it was forever. Um, straight away like I pretty much started staying at his house every night from the moment we start went on our first date um, so you would say I moved in straight away um, <laughs> yeah but when you know you know right like exactly that's what I think I really truly believe that truly believe yeah. that and I'd actually come out of quite a horrendous relationship um, where mm. I was treated quite poorly so I'm um, seeing the difference between the two really you know it really showed me yeah. like what it was to be in a nice happy relationship mm. so um, I was guns ablazing. Um, he so he proposed. We were down in Barrel for another friend's wedding, and we were just walking around the night before of this beautiful property. And I had the same thing as I am right now in a tracksuit with no makeup. Um, and he just got down on one knee underneath this big blazing maple tree, and he, yeah, just I can't even remember the words. But that, don't they always say that's the way it is? Yeah. Um, I cried like a big baby. Um, but the thing is, I always laugh at this. He just proposed to me with a gold band, which is what I always liked and wanted. I never wanted a diamond. Mm. Um, age to their own. But for me, I I thought it wasn't really about having a big rock or anything like that or having something to show off or wearing yeah. my partner's wealth on my finger. It was just about supposed to be about two people. I so I've that. always only said, please only get me a gold band. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. Um, so we did that and we were sitting there and we we're having this, you know, champagne and it was all lovey-dovey. And um, and then he said, I'm just going to the toilet. And he came out and he surprised me with the most beautiful bracelet. And he said, you couldn't have something special. I couldn't not give you something special. So no. he got me the most beautiful emerald bracelet. So he was very cheeky in doing that. Um, but it was a, a very nice moment. But it's also really nice because he respected your wishes as well. Like he he was like, I really want to spoil you, so here's a bracelet. But I understand that, you know, I respect your wishes too and so here's your gold band. I think that's, yeah, that's really that's really special. It was you know? really, so I call it my engagement bracelet, you know. Yes. <laughs> but I still have my engagement bracelet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and a little bit different from the norm, which I always like because I think 
I really think you should set your own rules. Yeah. Like yes. I'm sorry, I'm going totally off topic here, but no. our um our wedding rings are actually Michael's grandfather handed down a pinky ring to him, and I've always absolutely adored it. And so I had my girlfriend, a jeweler, Olivia Bond, um, create an exact replica of it. Um, and then that's the ring that Michael put on my wedding, on my finger on the, our wedding day. But I made it mm. to wear on my index finger. And so oh, that's no where way. I wear it. Yeah, so, right. And he was, he's on his pinky. So we both, our wedding rings yeah. aren't even on our wedding fingers, but we, we really, we know what they signify and what they mean. Yeah. But doesn't, you know, that's, that's our rules. That's where we decided we wanted to wear them. So yeah, things like that. And like who, that. who made up the other rules anyway? Like, why do we have to wear it on the other finger? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, does it really matter? Like, why do we do this shit? That's what I, I know. Thought. That's exactly what I why? thought. I was like, oh, yeah, that, I didn't need to wear that on top of my gorgeous gold band. I'll find another finger for it. And sometimes when you look back, like, we're just so used to these, like, wedding traditions. But when you actually look at them, you're like, why the fuck do I stand there and cut a cake? Or, like, why why do we do this random first dance? Like, we hate dancing. That's yeah, it. No, I definitely agree. Um, but yeah, no, it was a lovely time. And um, I always tell couples to one, when you do have that proposal moment to keep it to yourselves just for a few weeks mm-hmm. or just at least a few days. Like don't that afternoon put it on social media because you will be no. absolutely slammed and then you don't really get to enjoy it. So we kept it to ourselves for almost a month. And oh, wow. It was just the most romantic, gorgeous time. We were just in this absolute love bubble. And then once we did sort of tell everyone, we sort of got to relive it all again, you know, and it was so nice and so much happiness and so much joy. So um, so spread it out, get as much as you can. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool. We didn't tell anybody for a week. We were camping though, so we had no like reception. So it was kind of forced, but it was one of the best moments because once you are engaged, there is like, it is the constant question. So after you're engaged, when you're together for a few years, it's like, when are you get engaged? Then you get engaged. It's like, when are you getting married? Then you get married and they're like, okay, so what's good? Then what's next guys? Like when's the, so if you can have like just that little bit of time where it's just you two, you never get it back. Like it's really special. Really special. So because of keep it to yourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to put that at the very top. Nadia says, keep it to yourself interview. <laughs> what, um, because of your background on in the digital space and within social media, how did you go about choosing your wedding venue and your suppliers? I mean, you had this incredible space. Was it at Darling Point? Is that where your yeah. wedding venue was? How did you go? Did you just find that on Insta or how did that work for you? got so many questions in one there um no I had actually been to okay I'll start from the beginning basically we thought about what sort of wedding we wanted to have and we always we just kept circling around like garden soiree garden lunch late European lunch Mm -hmm. you know relaxed vibes outdoors garden 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 so we just sort of hunted Sydney all around Sydney for what were the best gardens or you know properties with gardens or um, and I went from everywhere. I was looking on like housing housing sites. I was thinking about friends, families, homes, um, hotels, even um, like public gardens that you can potentially um, book, et cetera. So um, anyway, I'd actually booked a house through a website, like one of those, like we can rent the houses. 
um, for like a location scouting website yeah. and the owners were just really, really difficult and it was, it wasn't feeling right um, even though the property was so beautiful. And then I thought about a venue which is a private home which is where I had it, it's called Swift's um, and it's owned by a lovely family, the Morans and I'd actually been to a charity function there years before and I'd always loved it. It's just got the most epic grounds and colossal trees and the lawns are so luscious. Um, and it's just everything that I really would have hoped for in a wedding venue. But it wasn't typically at that point open to the general public um, booking it for weddings. So then um, I basically had my, my wedding planner and I approached the family and said, you know, would you be interested in us having, a, a, you know, would we would, would we be able to have our event there and they came back and said yes and they were so warm and welcoming and loving and helpful that it just made the changing my mind so much easier and I always wanted the process to be like calm and and fun for me and so you know it's going away from what I thought originally and coming to something that just felt better it just made the whole time the whole time and the whole experience so much better but yeah Swift's is like an old um an old gothic mansion yeah. and they've put it back to its original state so like inside even all the homewares all the roof all the tiling all the everything um is completely restored to its original form um, so it's a pretty spectacular estate and I was really lucky to um, to have it there. I have seen that there have been a few weddings there since, yeah. <laughs> which uh, I'm like, oh. Um. <laughs> it is though. And do you know what? It is one of those spaces that you can't just get. It's, it, you know, we're not in Europe. There's not one on every corner, a space like this. And so, yeah, once those floodgates are open, there's, I mean, God, I've got, I've got a few up in New South. I've got a few weddings in New South Wales next year and there's, lots of lots of chatter for private property because people just want something different and and they want to do it their own way and they want something that's be more unique to them and they can make it their day rather than being told you can only have black or white or you know this is your, your set time has to go from here to there so yeah it's, it's you know pretty what? special I have seen like those little those weddings that have taken taken place since mine you know they're completely different the, yeah. the ceremony is yeah. in a different place. The reception's in a different place. They even have just, or one of them just had their ceremony there and then went somewhere else. So, you know, I think that's the best, that's the best thing about a private residence. I mean, I probably would and, have gone you know, there are really good, no, you there are some really, really good, um, like, websites now like location houses that people mm -hmm. can use for whether it be shoots or something. So you, yeah. it's easier to find than it used to be. It is. Yeah, it is. It's, um, yeah, places like, oh God, we, we're using a few um, off Luxico for over the next kind of 18 months now as well, which is, yeah, it's an incredible um, space to be able to create something pretty unique. So, yeah, but always nice to be the first. Nadia, always nice to be the first. I mean, first. If, if it was me, I would have gone, oh, can you just tell me where Nadia got married? <laughs> um, where was the ceremony? <laughs> um, well, you know, I wasn't I wasn't actually the first, but there was quite a – there was weddings there back in the day a long time ago, and would you believe it, one of my bridesmaids, Kate Waterhouse, her parents were married there 40 oh, years oh, ago. Oh, no way. Yes, Gay and Rob Waterhouse. Did you invite them to your wedding? Um, well, because we had a sort of, we're in the, in COVID, it was limited numbers, oh, yeah, um, of course. but Gay did pop in to pick up Kate's daughters who were flower girls. So we did see her for a little bit and she did say hello and get to see the venue in all its glory now. And I think that was quite nice for oh, her, nice. but, um, they have a glorious marriage, one that I very much look up to. So 
a good starting point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then so we'll just rewind because Laura asked maybe a million questions in one yeah, for I you. So we'll break yeah. it down to the next question. <laughs> um, so what kind of like particular colour palette did you have in mind or like inspiration? And would love to hear like the decision making behind the whole look and aesthetic of the your wedding. It, it was really all about, you know, and creating emotion and creating fun. Um, I really didn't want anything to be too formal, like too much bright. I call it like bride spew. Like, you know, when like the entire table is filled with something or like, you know, it can just be too much. So I just wanted to feel like people could really let their hair down and enjoy themselves yeah. and obviously bring some color into that too. And I think each and every touch point I thought about, how do I want people to feel, um, whether it be us, Michael and I, our families, or of course the guests, and then each decision sort of came back to that. What what would make our guests feel more comfortable? What would make our guests have more fun? Um, but in regards to like colours and palettes, I, I always wanted like a colourful wedding. So I think that was always huge. I actually considered a coloured dress at one point. Oh, um, did you? Yeah, and then uh, look, Look, there's look. I'm gonna again go off topic, but we were supposed to get married in Turkey originally in Bodrum, and mm-hmm. I because obviously COVID changed things. Um, we had a, a wedding here, but we still plan on doing a sort of a celebration in Turkey, mm-hmm. um, in a place we already had booked and stuff like that. So hopefully, when that opens up, so we can open. When it opens up, we can do that, and I will wear a colour dress there. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I mean, because even your cake was blue, like you had a blue cake. And looking at your photos, it does, it looks like it was this fun, non-traditional. I mean, I always look at your photos on Instagram and I think you and your friends have like so much fun. I'm like, can I please adopt me into your friendship group? (laughs) Can we please be friends? (laughs) Yeah, you can tell that it's your personality. You know, your personality is coming through your wedding, um, like with all the colour and the pops and things. But kind of what was the planning process like for you? And like, did you have a planner? Yes, um, I did. Because um, I do a lot of events, like smaller events for brands or like some of my partners, um, I feel like I sort of got to have a small grasp on this already. And there's a team of people that I usually call in for my events. Um, I use Ali Considine from NG Events, who is fabulous. Um, she's really quite strong-willed and really detail-orientated, which is exactly what I need in my life. Um, and then I use Danny Dean of the Make House for mm. um, styling and florals. Um, Danny and I work together all the time. It was with this particular event, we really wanted to make sure that we didn't look to, for too much inspiration because mm. then you can be too heavily influenced. So we just yes. went off our, you know, our words and what we wanted to feel rather than trying to, you know, mm. you know, save images, even though that's a great way to do it for some people. I just wanted to, to be a slightly different from anything else that we'd seen. Um, so just making sure that we did that. And, you know, I think I said to her like random stuff, like, I want this, like uh, the florals on the floor to feel like thick and heavy, like Ursula from the Little Mermaid's leg. And she was like, what <laughs> are you talking about? You know, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah so Danny and then yeah just explaining to her that I wanted you know um, it to feel happy and joyous Um, and then catering I use Kate White of catering with a K Um, and we work together on a lot of events and same thing I wanted to the food to emphasize like sharing and family style 
And so again, it felt like a big a European lunch, outdoor European lunch where everyone's laughing and singing. And, and so the food just had to match that environment. And so you had, you just mentioned you had an outdoor wedding. Was the entire wedding outdoor ceremony and reception? Yeah, so it was all in the one place um, yep. until later in the evening where we moved and we had a bit of an after party on a boat. But yes, so, oh, okay, guys, you won't believe what happened. So to our event planners' dismay, um, we did not want a marquee no matter what. We wanted outdoor <laughs> tables and that was it. And I, and I was adamant about it. <laughs> The week of our wedding was the week of the New South Wales floods. Oh, you know, gosh. yeah. Like even Sydney was flooding. Like anyway, our, our wedding was actually on a Thursday and like Wednesday was the first day it stopped raining and I was like, we're not getting the marquee. And we couldn't even get like we could get half the marquee from one place because they were, it was in a certain place in New South Wales and then we needed to get it, like flooring from somewhere else. It was like a huge disaster. Oh, God. Um, but anyway, we waited till 9am in the morning of the wedding, whether we had to put it, whether I could not put up the marquee or not. And we were like testing the ground and stuff like that. And finally, we obviously went without it. Um, but of course, it bucketed down during cocktail hour. Oh, absolutely <laughs> bucketed down. But it, look, I'll, I'll set the scene by quickly saying that it did only last for half an hour and we were, and then the sun shone, shone very brightly for us and we were able to continue on as planned, Aww. just slightly late. But we had no plan for that because yeah. I was like, no, it's going to be fine. And what we did was we sort of ushered everyone into the ballroom and then we sort of really thought at our feet Um I grabbed my MC and I said, find Gene Kelly singing in the rain on your phone and go and give it to the DJ. And we got like one of the speakers so he could plug in his phone. Um, and then I said, we're going to enter into that. And I said, I'm going to do a little Q&A with my dad, get two chairs and two mics and put them on the stage. <laughs> and I did like, I asked my dad questions like, you know, what were your first impressions of Michael and, you know, um, you know, advice for raising unruly girls and, and stuff like that. And it was quite comical, but it's sort of, it really, we, I, we fully had to think on our feet. And then the sun sort of started shining and we all went back out and it was just as though nothing had happened. And I think it's now so memorable. It just made it like a movie. Like we were all rushing inside and it was just like insane pelting rain. Did you, did you feel panic? Because I know that you mapped out the dates or tell me about, you, you mapped out the dates according to the moon. I, I don't know what that even means, but you looked at, <laughs> is that why you had it on a Thursday? No, they say that the <laughs> on either side of a full moon, there's like 80% less chance that it's going to rain. Yeah. So I did plan the closest to that. Um, still and rained. Then- <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't actually... <laughs> 80% of the time it works so every do. time. <laughs> do not take that advice. We didn't actually, um, it was a bit <laughs> off. Like we weren't the day or, or it, they say on the day of either side of the full moon and we were sort of like four days off. But in the dates that we could have it, um, Michael's family are Jewish, so I think Passover was close to that and something like that. So we were all sort of working around a few different things. Mm. Um, so the close, it wasn't exactly those days, but it was the closest to that that we could get. Um 
but yeah, still rain. So don't do <laughs> That's okay though. But you know what? All the guests probably were fine because if you were just it, in your element of improv and doing a random live Q&A and putting on music that's going to make people laugh rather than make people cry, they're going to bounce off you. If you're exactly. in the corner crying because it's ruined everything, then it's going to be so awkward and so upsetting for your guests to see you like that. Like if you're, if you take it in your stride, then, you know, no one else is going to be upset or anything like no, that. It's your day. I feel like too, those kind of things make weddings fun. Like oh, these unpredicted random things. Yeah. It yeah. probably made your wedding, like doing something like that, you know, it gives people to talk about. So many people have come up to me late after, like since, and said, oh, that was just such a special part of the wedding. And, you know, my dad um, had a bit of an, and was incredibly ill about five years ago. And so he wasn't really doing a full speech or anything like that. So it kind of worked out nicely that he really got the opportunity yeah. to sort of speak and as well as it not being too forced or too formal. And it was yeah. completely off the cuff. And, and you know, what? I completely agree with that. Um, the sentiment of you know if you're chilled everyone else is chilled Um, I did have one moment just before we we entered and it just it was already bucketing and then it went even harder and I was like (laughs) oh god oh god the whole day is screwed and but I just took myself into one of the rooms and I just stood there and I went just get it together and I like there was a slight tear that came out of my eye and I was like no Nadia stop um, you've got this. And then, you know, the more that you act okay, then everyone else is okay. And yeah. then you end up feeding, you feed off their energy. So yeah, you've got you to do. fake it till you make it. You know, even if you're not that relaxed or you're having an issue, just just breathe and just act. <laughs> it's called yeah, acting. That's a good advice. Yeah, that's that's so, such good advice. Fake it till you make it, team. And the sun will shine. <laughs> so if the weather didn't necessarily go to plan, but it kind of did, like your reception was in the sun, you got your ceremony in, that's pretty special as well. Did your budgeting go to plan? Were you were you on the track of what you thought you kind of wanted to to spend for your wedding? Look, um, we did go a little bit over budget. So I think I would suggest everyone to have a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A A slash fund. Yes, that's exactly what I was looking for. So we use that, but then there were a few things. We went into our slash fund, but then we, there was a few things that I chose not to let Michael know about. Um, Mm, And I took mm -hmm, care mm -hmm. of personally. I, um, you know, I've worked my whole life and, you know, all women have and, and you know, we've, we save and we've had things put away. And if not, if there's no better time to spend it than on your wedding day. Yeah. Um, so there was things that I wasn't going to budge on and I knew that I wanted and that I thought were important. Um, so I just went ahead and did them without telling Michael. <laughs> um, I took care of them myself. Um, yeah. Hopefully he definitely listened to this, so I've got no problems there. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so... But, you know, I think it's all about valuing what's important to you. Yeah. Um, Like I really invested heavily, well, we, I should say, um, in, you know, quality booze um, and a lot of it. Um, I just think that that just really makes a wedding and it really helps your hangover. Like I can't Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it (laughs) does, doesn't it? uh, Yeah. And I like, you know, I, I... prioritize that over so many other things and I truly believe that it made the day and Mm. you know having great bar staff and stuff like that so yeah um, look it's always difficult because I know some some people have a lot more money than others and you know and it's always going to be that way so 
I mean, try and stick to it. But if you go a bit over and you end up spending a bit of your own savings, like so be it. You know, yeah. I wouldn't don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just know what you really want and then and yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying about that one. I always find that one hard. Yeah. Um, and how did the hunt for the dress go? Oh, the dress. Okay, so this was really easy for me. Um it was from a, a, an Australian brand called Age and I actually worked for them for close to six years. I was their brand manager. Um, so Adrian and Eddie and I are quite close and I, I honestly didn't really think there was any other choice for me. Um, they obviously don't do bridal. It's not normally something they do. So when I approached them about making it, they were really excited and we sort of came up with a concept that day and we hit play on making a sample. So it... it uh, I always suggest to, to people and friends when they're doing picking their dress mm. to not go too far from your norm because I think you want to feel and look like yourself mm. rather than being like I see sometimes, uh, you know, brides wearing something that they would that's just so not them. And I'm like, don't you want to feel like yourself on your own wedding day? Yeah. yeah. And I know that your partner wants you to look like yourself, you know. So I think, if you know, finding a beautiful white dress, you know, off the rack from a brand that you truly love is even more special than having something done, you know, internationally or from, you know, or having it made or something like that. So I think always look around there first because you might find something from those beautiful brands that you love that could make your days so spectacular. And so because you had a lunch wedding, which is unique in itself because not many people choose to have lunch. So we're going to like get back to that point but because you had a a lunch wedding did you have multiple dresses for the day or did you stay in your that amazing like beautiful full ceremony dress for the entire day no I I changed another two times right Mm -hmm. three dresses in total yeah um I had uh, obviously my gown, my wedding gown, and then Adrian and Eddie made me a mini version of the dress that I put on for a lot of the afternoon into the evening um and then I, when we moved on to, we went on to a, a, a yacht, a, like a boat, sorry, in the harbour um, at about 8pm. And I put on like another, a little Michael Lasorto feather number. Like it was a bit showgirly, but it was quite fun. You're on a boat, babe. Like I reckon that's pretty fitting. Yeah, okay. so I was really good for dancing and I, and I felt okay to like move in it and not to, not to hurt. Like, you know, I wasn't going to damage it or anything like that. Yeah. So it was, it was really good. Um, okay, so tell me about the lunch wedding because everybody always is like nighttime, Friday, Saturday, if you ever suggest a Thursday or a Sunday lunch, they're like you're insane. What made you what made you do a lunch wedding? Because, you know, it's it's a long day and that's kind of part of the fun of it. So yeah. yeah, I think um, like if I was typically planning a night out or a birthday or, you know, a special occasion, I always want it to be a lunch because I think if you go out for dinner, you, next second, it, you know, you eat yeah. and then all of a sudden it's 1am and the whole totally. day is gone. Yeah, Mac is um, in the cab on the way you, home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then people always talk about how your wedding day goes so quickly um, to make sure you enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, how can I get the most out of the day? And also like, you get your hair and makeup done, you get this dress made, you do all these things. And so I was like, I want the most out of the day. I want to enjoy the time with my friends and family for as long as I possibly can. Um, And also like, I think it's nice to be out in the sunshine if you're having a summer wedding, um, 
you know, so that's why I always thought about lunch. Um, yeah. But we started, um, arrivals were about 1.30 and then our ceremony was at 2. I must admit it was a quick ceremony. And yeah. then um, we had cocktail canapé hour and then we sort of sat down around 3.45ish for lunch. Um, lunch was sort of in and out speeches and then there was dancing outside and then we sort of, we went on to, we got picked up and we got taken to a boat at 8 p.m. Um, and that was sort of like the after party. And then we got dropped off at 12 to our hotel, which a lot of people continued the party on. Um, but it was, I didn't feel like my day went quickly at all. I felt like I had the best time and it went forever. Um, and there's so many different points of the day that I can really remember and focus on, which I think is really great. Oh my God, sounds like so much fun. Transitioning from like having a beautiful lunch with a bit of dancing to going on a boat and having a absolute banger sounds like so much fun how many of you went from how many guests did you have at your wedding did you all go from the the house to the boat pretty much we had um we actually had it was it was just on it was just under 100 it was like 94 um because that was the where the venue was and the per square square meterage rule with COVID that's what we yeah. could have okay um and then for the boat um we lost like our most of our elderly grandparents and aunties and uncles and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that um which was to be expected but yeah pretty much everyone came which was really nice and then we just had like a, a boat a water taxi come midway through to take our parents home just for our sakes <laughs> So, um, <laughs> we really, so we could really let our hair down um, and have a good time. So, yeah, like that that's sort of obviously we're restricted with COVID um, with how many you could have, but it ended up being such a nice number. Um, I had 14 bridesmaids. So just them and their partners was like my entire, my entire guest list and my family. Um, whereas Michael got to have a few extra friends as well as his, as his bridal party and family. Um, but that was sort of originally we just said that we were going to have bridal party and family and that was it. Just tell me, tell me about this 14 bridal party. What? (laughs) what? Because I've seen the photo of all of you. So I decided, um, uh, you know, that I wasn't going to have anyone stand up with us and that we weren't going to have matching dresses or any of that sort of thing. So then it really didn't matter how many friends that I had and I just wanted to involve all the great women in my life that I am so close to um, rather than just having you know three or four so there was yeah 14 of us um, and everyone wore me whatever they wanted there was no dress requirements or shoes or hair and makeup everyone just got what they wanted done and um, I think it was a really nice way to do it because mm-hmm. I got to include everyone and everyone had a ball and there was no stress or I don't know it was just something to think about for any any I love it yeah and you know it takes off the pressure off you guys it takes the choice pressure off it takes the obligatory do I need to have these people involved do I not if I can't have them standing up there what do I do do they need a job exactly and then I even um took it to another like I had someone else, a good friend, sign our registry so I could give, so we could give her a job, you know, like, I think involving as many people in your wedding as you can is such a beautiful thing um, and experience. So, 
yeah. And then I had another best friend of mine was our MC, and so it was really great. That's really special. You mentioned before that your partner's family was is Jewish. Did you need to do a separate Jewish ceremony, or are they not practicing, or how did that kind of work? Yeah, we will do one a, a Jewish wedding at some stage. Um, mm-hmm. This was just our, what we called our civil ceremony. Um, so we didn't do any of that kind of stuff, yeah. but um, I really do look forward to that. Another wedding, guys. How I know, fun. my God, fine. Exclusives, exclusives. <laughs> um, so what was your favourite um, moment or detail of the wedding? Uh, so um, walking down the aisle, I surprised Michael. I actually had a jazz band, like a wow. proper bride like go first so the flower girls ran out and to no music and then their doors opened and this jazz band playing like oh, it was wow. like new and they sort of walked out and I I had sort of prepped my bridesmaids because they were obviously in the audience um the audience what do you even call it <laughs> yes <laughs> amongst the guests the audience I was performing <laughs> Um, to you know that I wanted them to enjoy it and to clap along so they all started clapping so our whole um, party was clapping and we my dad and I sort of danced our way out Um, so it was a far way away from the you know emotional slow walk that I think we're used to Um, but it was so lovely because Michael just was smiling so much everyone felt so happy it was yeah, and that was, and then they stopped, and then you know we had our ceremony, and then once we when we kissed, I'd had it all timed that they started playing again, and then we sort of urged everyone to follow us, and we did like a bit of a yeah like a jazz festival procession up to where we had cocktails and canapes, so yeah, so that, I think fun. It was, it was really memorable and just different. You know, I, I did often think about when, when I was planning, like, what can I do that's slightly different from the norm? You know, what, mm. you know. Mm. So. I think I think almost listening to, you know, just getting a real quick glimpse into who you, what the type of person you are and, you know, the elements that you, uh, the importance you put on certain elements on your wedding day, it really shows that your wedding is so sought after. Everybody loves it. Um, you know, there's got so many touch points that I think people are going to reference for a long time from, you know, from now. It really shows that you did it pretty uniquely, which I think is is really special. You didn't have too many, I mean, other than the rain, you didn't have too many, I'm going to say there wasn't any more disasters, hopefully, in the, in the the on the day. You know what? Nothing. Like, I feel like it all went relatively to plan. And I think, I mean, no, nothing. That was, it's boring. It was boring. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so good. That's so good. Do you know what? A little bit of rain on your wedding day is supposed to be super luck. good luck, right? Absolutely ruined my shoes. Like, they are gone. I don't even think I can revive. I couldn't <laughs> revive them. I've gone to a boot makers to like have them cleaned and, you know, done, but they are dead. Oh, it shows you had a good time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Is there anything that you would do the same or, uh, well, differently? Anything you'd do differently? I'd do everything the same. Um, Differently, look, we had people come back and party with us um, in our room and continue the party and drinking and dancing. We had like a suite. Um, And I probably would suggest to send people home a little bit earlier. you know, I was so tired the next day and it was quite late. So I think that would be the only thing, just make sure you 
send people home at the end <laughs> or you just from the party um but yeah that's really it um but not too early because that was like I had such a ball and such a fun memorable part of the evening oh, so really? not too early just send people home a little bit earlier so Nadia our last question that we always ask our guests is what is the one piece of advice that you have got to give couples that are currently planning their wedding or you know uh, are working through all the elements right now I think something that I found that really prioritise making the event enjoyable over conventional um, because that's what's going to make you, you know, your friends and family and obviously you guys have a better day and it's going to make create memories. Um, you know, don't get too hooked up on the pomp and pageantry and think I've got to have, you know, 5,000 roses and all this or that. Um, just think about what we create, lifelong memories. Mm. Um, and that's um, it's dancing it's laughter it's music um so just focus on those touch points really well Nadia thank you so much for joining us your wedding really was absolutely beautiful you had a pretty stellar team on board though to help you create some you know pretty memorable moments so thank you for joining us on the you and me podcast we will definitely be looking out for that second wedding um and yeah it was just yeah it was amazing to talk to you it sounds like it was yeah an um, absolute ball so <laughs> thank you for having me guys um you know there's a video coming soon so we'll have to share it we with can't you guys wait. yes please Thanks. thank you so much and thank you for sharing my wedding in such a beautiful way and um good luck to all of the beautiful brides out there Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission. Or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the you and me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.